today i'm good you should be we have some fantastic news and while we don't usually talk about uh, politics since we're a non-profit and we're not really allowed to do that there is something very essential going on in politics right now we are getting the first rescue dog to the white house i was so excited when i heard that I was like oh my god i cannot believe that's the first that's so cool it's so perfect to for us to talk about this because it is it's, there's a couple firsts in the politics and everyone's thinking the first lady as vice president all that and we're thinking of the first rescue dog <laughs> exactly but it's a big deal yeah. i mean first of all trump was the first american president who didn't have a dog and so to go from a president with no dog to a president with a rescue dog that's such a win that is so interesting. Yeah, that is really cool. Um, I can't. I actually have never seen a picture of his dog. What does it look like? So he looks like a shepherd mix. Mm. Uh, his name is Champ, and he's like a really fussy shepherd. He looks super cute and proud and just the sweetest uh, ambassador for rescue dogs, I think. Oh, my God. That's yeah. awesome. Maybe there, Hopefully there will be some new legislation to help animals who are abused and um, give more rights to animals than there are. And we've, we continue to make strides, you know, um, compared to where we've been, but there's still work to do. Yes, for sure. But this is definitely one big step in the right direction, uh, so to speak. Um, uh, maybe a small step for champ, but a big step for dog kind. Yeah, that gives me a little hope, doesn't it? It does. I mean, it's definitely a big deal because having a rescue dog in the White House just helps uh, to change the image of rescue dogs that we're struggling with a lot. You know, uh, some people don't value them as uh, uh, that they can be pets. You know, uh, the old idea of uh, um, homeless dogs and stray dogs being some kind of vermin and, you know, something. So interesting. Yeah. You know, I've. I, I haven't fully thought of that, um, but you're, you're right. I, it's, it's something that I've um, taken, I guess, for granted because it's so off not my mindset, you know, to even think that way. But I can see there's an old way of thinking or understanding that needs, needs a lot more education on. Yeah, and it's not too long ago at all when uh, people uh didn't uh, uh, think about rescue dogs the same ways as you did when you went out and bought a dog uh, it's i mean technically a dog is a dog right so it's uh, even hard for us to grasp especially since we work with rescue dogs but yeah not long ago uh, uh, dogs in the shelter were not considered good pets and here we are today 2020 and we voted up the new president that has a rescue dog so imagine just take a second and imagine Champ, this rescue dog that, you know, at some point he was probably in a kennel somewhere in a shelter and he gets adopted and he's moving into the oh fucking White House. Oh, my God. That dog is a fucking White House. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that, you know, that is a rescue. Dream. That is like a huge rescue story. That's a freaking fairy tale story. I mean, that is the fairy tale story. Yeah. It's so insane. I, you know, I'm thinking on such a deeper level right now, just hearing you, because I, 
I, it is, it's going to create so much awareness. I, I, I mean, I can't even fathom um, how much this is exciting. This is really cool. There's so much influence in the White House over the world. So this is the first influence to support rescue dogs or to adopt. Exactly. We're taking it on to an international level. And there has been so much going on with the developing the rescue business all over the world and for america to you know put a stand to you know having a rescue dog for the man in power it's just it's a really big step and we're hoping it's going to influence the the way people all over the world look at homeless dogs what do you think it will do do you have any like what have you thought about that but mainly i think it will just help people uh, make peace with the idea and understanding of, of what a homeless dog is that they are they can be just as good pets and family members as any other dog can uh, coming from a breeder or from a pet shop well you know, it, it's more than um they're not like status symbols animals are not status symbols you don't get a dog because you think that dog is like oh I want to have a Frenchie because I, I think it's really cool. Yeah, and it will make me look cool. Yeah, I, I don't like that. And it's it's really about, like you said, having that animal as it's a family member and it truly is what, what it, they are. They're not, yeah. they're not property, even though they're still considered like livestock or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I think also, especially in uh, uh, the, the elite, uh, the elite, so to speak, like upper class and so on, where it's much more common to... Uh, buy a dog from a breeder instead of getting a rescue dog uh, it just really shows that th these dogs are just as good as any dog you can get from a breeder if not better well in the spirit of getting a, a rescue dog into the white house i have uh, conducted a little timeline of uh, the history of dog rescue because this is such a milestone in history that we're getting a dog rescue into the white house so we need to go over the history, I thought. Oh, my God, please do. I can't wait. I'm so yeah. excited. So the first event in uh, the dog rescue history uh, dates back to 1824. Oh, my God. Uh, where the Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals was formed in Great Britain. Uh, so I, th I think that's where like the first organization for, for animal welfare started in what? human history, as of what I could find. Oh, that's so cool. So that started in Britain in uh -huh. 1824. And it, this movement made its way over uh, about a couple of decades later, 1866. Yes, yeah, so it was this guy, Henry Berg, uh, that uh, formed the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. And he was on some kind of a diplomatic assignment in Russia. Uh, and he uh, happened to find this uh, carriage driver who was beating a fallen horse. And he just uh, went in the middle of that. And that became an event uh, that just uh, spiraled into him uh, quitting his job as a diplomat. And he went back to New York. Uh, and uh, he started uh, this organization for the prevention of cruelty to animals. Oh, my God. I never knew that. It's so fascinating. That's so cool. Someone yeah. like it's it's someone, you know, evolved right there in that moment. Like, wait, this is not right. This exactly. Is, this is he, he just saw that event and it moved him uh, so much to see this guy hitting this horse. And he, he just, uh, you know, decided to do something about it. And this was a time when 
it, it was very accepted to mistreat and hit your animals. So he had a lot, he faced an uphill battle from the start there. Because this was a time when uh, war co- horses hauled overloaded carts through the streets and dog catchers were known to kidnap uh, pet dogs and hold them for ransom. Oh my God. Ransom and, uh, you know, do dog fighting and cock fighting were common forms of entertainment. But Berg was determined and he founded the ASPCA uh, on the clear belief that all animals are entitled to kind and respectful treatment and must be protected under the law. The very first animal shelter that actually opened in America was uh, in 1869, and it was for uh, the women's SPCA in Pennsylvania. So it was women that started the first shelter. Oh, wow. That's so cool. So before, they were just like roaming the streets and and being beaten and starving. And I mean, what was it like? Can you imagine? Like dogs, what were they? They were just, uh, you know, like like treated like rats. Exactly. And the, the... a stray dog population um, exploded over the years. Like the problem just became worse and worse. I mean, they didn't start uh, spaying and neutering until the 1930s. Oh my God. I can't even imagine. They were just yeah. humping all over the streets. <laughs> like they're just <laughs> dog humping were. everywhere. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, the idea of an animal shelter has uh, changed over time because first it was just this kind of like, you know, holding place for homeless animals and where they you know, w- would just, like, live and die. It was only in, uh, until, um, you know, after uh, the 60s and the 70s when the public opinion about strays starts to shift and people begin to view them as potential pets rather than public health hazards, uh, that private animal shelters uh, uh, started to redefine their own roles. And they're no longer just uh, serving as a lifelong repository for strays and homeless pets, but they're, the modern shelters now started to take the lead in controlling the pet population and uh, by neutering and spaying. And they're also promoting pet adoption and studying shelter animals' health and behavior and trying to prevent uh, euthanization and uh, giving the dogs uh, training and uh, giving people tr- training classes and, uh, you know, just working to... Uh, to have less yeah. euthanasia That's and a be- yeah. better life for, for the dogs. It's like humans s- evolve. And I think going back to um, the White House and the first president to have a rescue dog, it makes me think, um, what about that? Because a lot of, you know, obviously they could afford a very expensive breeder dog, but they chose to adopt. And what does that say about them? It's interesting. That, that says a lot about a person, I think, yeah. that you... Uh, recognize, uh, like you said b- before, about dogs being a status symbol. That the, you you recognize the individual in the dog, and not what the, the dog looks like, or how much it costs, or wha- what kind of fancy breed it is. It's just you know that you see someone in need, and you want to take that person on into your family. Yeah, and love them, and do what you can to give them a better life, and. Um, I think that's a whole level of care that we need more in the world, some more care and kindness to others. And that includes 
animals uh, 100%. And, you know, what they said, what did they say? They're, um, a, a, a country is, um, it's a saying, I think it was from, Ga- I think Gandhi said, um, a country is judged by the way they treat their animals, something like that, or not judged, or I can't remember, but it, it's true. Yeah, and, and you're right. This definitely puts America in a different light to have a president that adopted a rescue dog. Yeah, that's a that's huge. It's I actually the more I'm ch- chatting with you about it, the more I'm realizing and, and completely more comprehending how big it is um and what could this really could mean for for dog rescues and dogs um livelihood to be more even more improved. Yeah, and because uh, there are still things to um, to do while we've come a long way, uh, we, we still need to work on legislation. We still need to uh, get the euthanasia numbers down and we still need to change the image of the rescue dog but but so far we are moving in the right direction like all mm-hmm. of these things uh, are in the workings right now yeah i mean i i wish that breeding was regulated i really feel that there's um too many backyard breeders who are not reputable who are not taking care of the mother and the father of the the um the br- the do- what is it called they're the um the bitch and the <laughs> the what is it they call her the bitch the mother yeah and the the male is called there's a i forgot i should know this i know it's the bitch and anyway the stud the stud but it's whatever it it's it's just i feel like it needs to be regulated because it's it, there's a lot of abuse in there i know there's definitely reputable breeders for sure and i'm sure they would rather have the big regulation as well to uh, not breed a dog um unless you're you're being smart about it maybe not doing it often doing it once or do you know just there's just it, this shouldn't be a this there shouldn't be selling dogs i really just don't believe in selling animals or just, just to me it's like selling humans yeah no i don't like the idea of that either and uh, i agree with you i think that it needs to be legislated the breeding business uh, we need to be able to control it somehow and hold people responsible for the lives that they bring into the, this earth and i think that we uh, might get to see that in the future uh, mm-hmm. because uh, li- like i said people are actively fighting for the animals millions of people across america is today and and we have you know throughout the decades we keep seeing victories in uh, Congress regarding legislation for animals. Uh, I mean, some of the recent ones are um, the Animal Fighting Prohibition Act in two thousand and seven. That is so horrible. What a, dog fighting is so cruel. Did people know? I mean, I, I'm say I hate to be the the Debbie Downer in this, but that they actually breed Chihuahuas and use them as bait dogs, or they f- get Chihuahuas in shelters and use them as bait dogs i know it's horrible it's horrible and the, the poor dogs that are in the fighting are biting each other into horrible shreds and it's torture they're not they don't do that naturally we train them to do that and, and the or not we but the people who do that and it's so abusive to those poor dogs it really is and so we, we got in legislation against this you know after years of advocating for it so we got that in 2007 and then in 2014 they an- added on the animal fighting spectator Pro- prohibition oh, wow. act so you're not even allowed to watch it oh legally, that's so cool which is good so you know they keep making like um, laws to, to oh thank goodness i know it's, it's so still it's happening so mm. you know we just gotta carry on with it um and I think that in the future, we can definitely see some legislation on breeding. Is there any law against, because there are so many of these situations where people have dogs chained in the backyard and they leave them out there chained to like a, 
a, a doghouse or not if if they're lucky to have a doghouse and then they just leave food and water out there and that's it and they they're out there in the freezing cold they're in the heat is there any that's like that's dog abuse and that happens often are there laws against that not to my knowledge um i i don't think there is but i i really don't know so i don't think that's interesting though because it should be and i mean it may not be that's the thing it's like you know you have a right to that's that they're still considered livestock so that could be very it's it's such abusive and that happens so many times and that poor dog is left in those horrible conditions why do people do that why get a dog if you're just going to chain them up and throw food at them if uh, it's, I think it goes back to just the tradition in generation and how you uh, grew up to perceive animals. I mean, if you grew up with the dogs living in the backyard, then that's just your idea of how it's done. Uh, I've uh, been to the south uh, a bit uh, around Tennessee and so and there I see so many dogs that are just living in the backyards more than I've seen here in California oh and yeah, it's sure. like more of a thing there it's Ugh. just ha- how it is and they don't let the animals inside the house because their idea of animals is that they're outside and they're dirty and you don't bring them no. in uh, so um, it's just the idea of changing this so yeah now those people are going to see a rescue dog in the White House so Come on, maybe let your own dog into the house. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. Exactly. Nicely said. <laughs> Tiffany, there was one thing that I wanted to discuss with you uh, about h- how we should work around uh, uh, this issue of when we have people applying to adopt our dogs. Uh, you know, they go through the website and they fill out the the adoption application form where we have some standard questions about how you're going to treat this animal, where he's going to sleep, uh, how many walks she's going to get, and and so on. Very standard. And so, you know, people answer these questions, and sometimes um, we have people who will s- state that, oh, the dog is going to sleep outside, or the dog is going to sleep in a garage. And we're not okay with that, because we only want to adopt out dogs to people that are going to treat them as family members. So obviously this application will then be denied. Uh, but what I don't really know what to do is, like, do I just tell them, oh, your application is denied? Or do I tell them, no, your application is denied because you put so-and-so about the dog sleeping outside and we're not going to tolerate that. Like, should I tell them or not tell them? Uh, this, this, was a, this was an interesting question that came up with us the other day because I know that, um, you know, you felt that you should, you know, let them know that that's not okay, and this is, and this is why. So it's like an education opportunity, and that makes sense. Like, you know, hey, but I was, on the other hand, was thinking, well, that to me is a red flag, and I don't want to. I would just ignore it because my worry is if I told them, then they were like, oh, I just need to not. I need to say they're going to li- live in the house if I want to get a dog, and I'll just adopt somewhere else and make sure to put that. So yeah. that's how, uh, that's they where my how w- to lie their yeah, way to, to get an adoption. Right. And I know that's bad way of thinking. I'm just you're al- sometimes we, we you're always like the positive light. And sometimes I show the, the negative light. Not always, but just that we balance each other that way. Yeah. So uh, uh, how do we balance this out? Like my side is that we should educate these people about how to treat the dog. But you're uh, very validly worried about that they're just going to take this information and use it in their own gain and lie their way to adopting a rescue dog. Yeah, I, and I don't know which one it is, and I know that's I, I just I've lo- I've lost a little bit of trust um, in in some people and humans because of the the abuse I've seen and and I've seen quite a few. Um, and especially I've I've seen the worst case was when a dog was re- adopted 
Um, and then that dog was later found a year later that was left outside in a home with and was uh, literally was rescued from abusive situation and then li- put into another abusive situation. And so that yeah, just breaks my so heart. That's so sad to see. And uh, I mean, luckily that dog got in the end returned back to the rescue and now is hopefully in a yeah, really def- good oh yeah, home. Definitely, 100%. But yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, it's how do we sort out these people that come to us and they they lie about how they're gonna treat the dog it's just horrible that it happens but we have to face that that happens yeah yeah i i can't live with myself if i i I could never live with myself if i adopted out a dog that um ended up being in an abusive situation the thought of that just it it would break my heart because every single dog that we've taken i you know we've we love them and and we they're they're like family in a way you know not permanent family but we love them and want to make sure they get a good home exactly so i think that we should uh, decide on uh th- that will just uh, tell if if this is the case where they put information in the adoption application that they're not going to treat the animal up to our standards then we're just gonna you know just ignore them and say application denied and, and just move on from them and well, while we want to educate them, then maybe this isn't the right situation to do that. We want to educate, but we'll find another context to try to reach out to people in a in a whole different situation where they're not going to feel personally targeted or be able to uh, just use that information and apply for the next uh, dog yeah. in another dog rescue. Yeah, and it's and that, but again, like you said, it's something that we definitely need to think about as far as education and making people aware how that um, what it means to own a dog that a dog is actually like you say family and you treat them like family and we need to talk about that dogs do not sleep outside because a lot of people do think oh they belong outside they're an animal they belong outside and um, it's they're, they're not happy out there they're not happy living in a garage alone and cold it they're miserable and they're no a dog likes well a dog likes to be outdoors the dog wants to be in the home with you they they see you as family they see you as the love of their life I know. I uh, f- just think about uh, one um, of these uh, stray dogs that I know. Uh, a friend of mine uh, adopted her from India, and um, so she w- grew up a stray dog. And uh, so, in the beginning, when she first got here, she'd never been inside a home before, and she was just terrified to to go inside. Uh, but and it took her a while, and she was staying in the yard for for a couple of days, and they just let her take her own time to get into the house. But once she w- went into the house and got warm and safe, she didn't want to leave the house for a couple of months, I think, because she was just, I think, terrified of not getting back into the house. Oh my God, it's is so. You know that I experienced that with Pumpkin a little bit. She she was a definitely like a feral outdoor dog, and um. But when she she did eventually venture into the home, you, exactly what you said, she was like this. So she changed. She changed quite a bit f- faster once she was inside the home. Yeah. It was. It was just. It just says everything. It says that that that's where they belong. That's what they want to be. That's where they'll flourish. That's where they'll they'll be. Uh, you know, gr- grow as your pet. Yeah. Or, and or family member. Exactly, and they want to have a warm, cozy home just like we do. Right. Why is that so hard to understand? I don't know. I know they're not, you know, and that's the thing. Dogs, all dogs are different. You know, some they have personalities just like humans do. You know, so they have quirks. They're not perfect. They have quirks just like we do. Yeah, and not to mention that they can get cold too. Just because they have fur doesn't mean they can. 
They don't get cold mm. sleeping outside. No. Especially the short-haired dogs, especially like pit bulls and chihuahuas. You know, and the long-haired dogs, you know, they also can be, you know, leaving them outside in the heat is, you know, it's, it's they're, they're, they're I mean, any dog in the heat, they're like hot and it's, they get sunburned and they're, they're, especially a poor dog with all that hair, it'd be like panting away. Yeah. Miserable. Yeah. That can definitely be considered animal abuse in my book. Oh yeah. God, yes. Hell yeah. That's, uh, that's uh, ab- abuse. 100%. There sadly is a lot of abuse out there that, you know, a lot of people aren't even aware of. And we'll probably talk about those in other episodes um, because we do need to our, our goal is to create awareness. Um, but we, we even though if it's hard to hear, we need to have be aware so that we can do something about it. Yeah, we need to talk about these things that we don't really want to hear about. Mm-hmm. It's the only way moving forward with the dog rescue. But we want to make sure that, you know, it's it's always we're, we really are um, focusing on evolving and things in, in a much better light and we do recognize that and louise you remind me every day you know progress we've made and sometimes i feel like it's never enough but then she you point to me you point out that where we are from where we came and look back in history like how much has been achieved i, I mean it's uh, in, in like a hundred years the dog rescue has really organized itself in america and we're still moving forward. So just imagine where we are a hundred years from now. Oh my God. It'd be beautiful. It'd be so beautiful. I, I hope that I can be a little like a angel or ghost or something that I can see it and see what it's like when it's those times. Because mm. that's a long time. I don't think I can live to be 150 <laughs> years old. Oh, you don't think so? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think I want to either. <laughs> well, I'm rooting for you. Okay. <laughs> Oh, is that a wrap? No. Okay. Tiffany, guess what popped up on my dog radar? What? There are new breeds that I want to share with you. Oh, no, 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 no. Am I going to be upset? Uh, I'm a little upset. How you heard about teacup pit bulls? No, God, please don't tell me. They are Don't tell me. Okay, I don't know if I can handle this. Well, you're going to have to. They are now breeding teacup-sized pit bulls. Okay, they kind of look like turtles, so they're not like teacup-sized sh- chihuahuas because the pit bull is still larger. How so do they? Well, what are they mixing? I don't the know d- how. Are I, wait, you know what the first thing that came to my mind, and I know this is my this is this is my effed up mind, but I, I, I that they were like literally somehow taking a tiny little chihuahua and it's getting raped by a giant pit bull. That's it, that, it that's happens. where I went. That's you, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, my friend Alex's dog is pit bull chihuahua. And oh you just God. don't want to know which one was which sex there or how that even happened. But you know what? No, I, you know. But, but I, yeah, it happens. I mean, I, let <laughs> me show you here. It p- comes okay. up on my Instagram oh my God, feed see. all the time. These oh teacup bullies. Oh, my God. Let me see. Let me find them here. It's ridiculous. Oh, my God. They're the ugliest thing I've ever seen. That well, looks wrong. Well, all dogs are cute. Well, to you, but they look creepy i know this doesn't look natural and no, it worries it's so me unnatural that their it's not just no they're gonna have squeezed. health problems that, that's what i'm thinking their they back look is like gonna health problems yeah they're it's gonna be painful <laughs> to them like just like the squish face dogs have all those breathing problems they're not supposed to have their face that squished yeah if so you, go, you know yeah th- it's not natural mother nature would never do that no to a creature no, so it's just, I don't like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I just don't like it. I know, you know, it's just, I th- that's what you said. Like mother nature didn't, re- didn't want this. 
So uh, they're called teacup pit bulls or pocket pits, you know, and they're getting really popular. Oh, no. And, and so for you who are listening to understand, so like I said, they're not uh, uh, like a little chihuahua. They're about like 10 pounds or so, and they just look like a shrunken pit bull with teeny tiny legs and still the big head. And it's just so... I'm worried Unpro- about the health. Unproportional, yeah. the, the, how their body is shaped. But they're getting really popular. They could be in a lot of pain, too, you know? I think so. And it's just uh, taking off for them to be this designer dog, you know? No, they're, so they're God. bred um, um, an American Pitbull Terrier with the Patterdale Terrier to create this dog. And uh, they're, they're calling it the designer dog. The new... Uh, no, no, no. This is how the Labradoodle started. And, you know, the we, Labradoodles we are... Do we need more breeds? No. No, we don't. Please, no. And, you know, not certainly these designer breeds have not been. I hate that they call them designer because that makes it sound like, oh, I want to have a designer it's breed. It becomes a status dog. A status symbol. Rather than a family member. It's and not it's okay. It's not about that at all. And uh, what worries me, especially about this new breed being a pit bull breed, is that pit bulls are, is the breed that is suffering more than any breed. Uh, um, as far as uh, rescue goes uh, the shelters are over full with pit bulls so if we now have this uh, uh, pocket pit uh, teacup bullies that are getting popular there's even more reason to keep breeding pit bulls because they need the pit bulls to make the the teacup bullies this is huge this is worry this is worrisome because in the shelters it's all pit bulls so those pit bulls are they get euthanized all the time and now they're not going to get adopted they're going to be euthanized more and more because they're not because people want to want these designer pits yeah it's uh it's uh, going in the, the wrong direction it's not helping pit bulls at all and they're already suffering so much. So, yeah, it made me really sad to see they this are, new yeah. breed popping up all over my social media. They are suffering. Pit bulls are suffering. And they're they're such loving, sweet animals, just like any other dog. And the fact that, you know, that's not that it's the humans have turned them into the humans have turned them into dangerous creatures. And yes, they have bigger jaws and not everybody should have a pit bull. You need to be responsible for them. But these are not vicious creatures. No. That's <laughs> why I love this. They're the most amazing creatures. I mean, like, people have got to just help rescues, donate, volunteer. If you want to donate, please go to our website, fairytalesdogrescue.com. Dreams are nothing more than wishes, and a wish is just a dream. To come true. If only I could have a puppy, I'd call myself so very lucky just to have some company. Only I could have a friend who still
Just a dream you wish to come true 